Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Lafayette Comedy, bringing national comedy shows to Acadiana. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Maida, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. If you don't know or care much about wine, then the language around it can sound like Greek. Or, or French, I guess, is more accurate. Terroir, uh, Appalachian, Cuvée. It can all be overwhelming. And you go to a restaurant, you order a bottle. Which wine do you like? Red? white. For a lot of us, that's as far as it goes. And, and I think Lafayette or Acadian often feels like Michelob ultra country. People here drink light beers so they can drink a lot of beers. And, and so maybe wine and wine culture would even seem foreign to us, despite the French undertones of our lifestyle. Uh, but maybe try thinking of it this way. Um, wine is an expression of place. That's what terroir means, the earth, the air, the water that made the wine. We talk about food this way in Louisiana all the time. And you could argue that gumbos in Buna have terroir of their own, but you'd probably be thrown out of the party for saying that. Uh, My guests today, Denny and Katie Colbert, uh, are trying to tap into that obsession with place with their boutique natural wine shop, Wild Child Wines. Wild Child opened in 2020 in downtown Lafayette, and it's since grown a cult following with its select imports of small batch wines from around the world. Uh, The shop has a small wine bar for tasting and teaching, and and those have been consistent themes for for, for Denny and Katie, tasting and teaching, who have spent you know, the better part of the last decade building culture around local foodways with initiatives like Runaway Dish, which is a series of pop-up dinners that introduced adventure to Lafayette's culinary scene. Outside of Wild Child, Denny is a photographer with credits in Sever, uh, Garden and Gun, and Vice magazines. And Katie owns and operates the boutique clothing shop Kiki, and it's two locations in Lafayette and Baton Rouge. Denny and Katie, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks. Hi, thanks. Hey, glad to be here. So I want to get this part out of the way, because I think anytime folks have a wine conversation, there's always a Luddite out there that's going to say something along these lines, right? Like there's an obsession on the internet with debunking wine culture, right? Videos of people getting blindfolded and they can't tell the difference between a white or a red. So like, given that world, you guys are actually adding another layer of complexity where you're saying like, here's wine and then here's natural wine. So, so do, do we really know the difference, right? Does it really make that much of a difference to get down to basics with that natural wine? Um, I mean, for us, yes. And I mean, I think from it's a growing to where more and more people are realizing the benefits or the difference. Um, but I mean, I guess when it comes to just flavor or taste, like sometimes maybe not. But I, it gets more down to like the the spirit of what natural wine is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what you're asking? Sure. What's the spirit of what natural wine is? Maybe I should have started there. Yeah. Um, I mean, for us, like, it's, you know, I think, like with anything, okay, so like food, it's, you know, over the years, modern food has become very um, commercialized or, you know, um, uh, processed, you know, and, and in the last couple of decades we've seen this whole movement towards farm to table towards whole foods people are getting back to just eating as naturally as possible and getting away from these processed foods well this is what natural wine is it's the oldest way to make wine but um you know over the years it's become commercialized and you know bigger and bigger productions of these wines are being made so they have to use certain things to 
get them get them to that point and now we're taking it back to where it used it all started from and so um these winemakers that are just doing it naturally yeah that makes sense yeah i don't know maybe what i don't know a lot about and i would assume that's a lot of other people is like what are the new manufacturing techniques that kind of get you like so like if you're trying to define what natural wine isn't like what are yeah. people doing in the production of right wine today a lot of wines are produced quickly and just in huge huge quantities with machine harvesting and chemical growing and also just i mean it's it's the same as anything else they they need to feed the masses so they found ways to do it quickly and through through science through laboratories so a lot of your if you're getting like a cheap grocery store wine you're probably getting something that wasn't very thoughtfully produced I mean, there's still tons of wine that's not necessarily quote-unquote natural wine. That is a fantastic product and was hand-harvested and was carefully, thoughtfully planted. The grapes are thoughtfully planted, but um, but still, like, still there's a, a lab and there's, like, there's a lot of, like, massaging of the, te- like, it's, it's very technique-driven, very science-driven, where some of what the the producers that we're working with are more kind of like put it in the barrel, feel it out, watch it ferment, let it do its thing, a little bit more hands-off. Well, how do you, I mean, it would seem like just by definition then, I mean, if you're dealing like small batch stuff where people are making this like in a village or whatever, like I'm getting this image in my head yeah. of someone right. walking out of a hut for some reason, yeah. right? And it's they're like ex- crushing grapes like in a butter churn for some reason, but which is probably wildly inaccurate. But I guess I'm curious, like, how do you even discover that given like it's just something happening in this village very far away? That's that's pretty much right on. Like that's that's it. It's your, it's your, local, your local winemaker. And then... There's someone who lives in a yeah a small modest house outside their outside their vines. They they make their wine in a very like small garage or tiny cellar that is not a place. It's not it's not a, there are no chateaus. Most of these winemakers are the farmers as well. So it is like a very it is very homegrown, very like village wine um, in most cases. So how do you guys find them? Um. We have lots of help with our, you know, um, with the importers that we work with, with the distributors we work with. I mean, we've been kind of going down this, like, natural wine, um, you know, like, we just started drinking more and more wine and kind of discovered just this fl- this thing. I don't know. It's really hard to put your finger on it, but you start to drink more and more of these wines, and there's some, like, aliveness within them. And so we kind of became obsessed, and that's what just led us, like, following certain winemakers, following certain importers, and then ultimately once we got a wine shop, um, deal, you know, we have distributors that we trust that can kind of guide us to what wines are what. Um, but it's really just about drinking it and, you know, knowing the winemaker more than anything, I guess. I mean, you guys are often the only shop, I mean, I presume certainly the only shop in Lafayette, right, that might carry some wine from an obscure, you know, vintage in, in Sicily or something. But I mean, yeah. Is, is it like, are, are the batches that small, I guess is my um, question? There are some like really, you know, we, we get a lot of wines where like maybe two cases make it to the state and we get six bottles and that's Whoa. so dreamy, you know, and so cool <laughs> that something from, yeah, a small, ta- you know, a small winery, uh, our producer in Sicily makes it all the way here. I mean, that's wild. Or like the Czech Republic, just some crazy, amazing wine and you know, someone in Lafayette, Louisiana gets to drink these wines. That's 
pretty amazing and amazing for us and kind of a dream for us and why we started this whole shop in the first place, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Denny, I know you've, let's say, I know both of you have traveled a good bit. I mean, but Denny, you know, is like a food photographer. I mean, like you've kind of been documented food ways and stuff like that. I mean, it seems like maybe, was that where this interest began for you in a sense? Like not specifically being a photographer, but like the idea that like you could help somebody discover something that otherwise they may not have because right i mean and it was definitely it was definitely our both of our exposure to so many so many younger chefs so many people who are kind of like on the edge of the culinary scene doing new doing new like cutting edge restaurant techniques but then also those were the same people who were coveting these wines and looking towards these wines and especially since they these wines are super approachable like that's sort of our sort of a thing too it's like make wine fun like it doesn't have to be when you walk in the shop like you don't have to know anything we can we can guide you through it you can kind of check it out find 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 what you want based on just what you find on the shelf or we can kind of like give you a guided tour but but yeah it was definitely our travels uh mostly actually with katie's job being in new york so much uh, we were able to visit restaurants and visit wine shops that were selling Selling them something that was like so much more interesting and exciting than what we were finding in in just your your everyday small town wine shop. Katie, I mean, is there like a? I would imagine there might be kind of a parallel. I and mean, Denny brings up you know your work with with the, the clothing shop, right? Uh, that like part of what you have to do is curate. Yeah. Ideas and things for people. I mean, is 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 there a similar function in your brain yeah. for that? Being like, you know, I think there's a market for this wine or this you know, mm. blouse and Lafayette or something. Yeah. Like that. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I feel like, uh, yeah. So having experience, my experiences solely in retail, I have zero wine experience. I'm not where neither of us are wine professionals by any means, but I've been in retail for a long time in our shop. Kiki is, it's very curated and it was kind of a gamble back then. I mean, it was high end, you know, fine jewelry, fine fragrances. Um, you know, we don't try to, appeal to everyone and we we certainly can't and won't and so just like kind of finding a lane and going with it and I feel like with this wine shop um from the beginning you know we wanted you know we were we were traveling and going to places and going to wine shops and looking for natural wine and it's at the time five years ago it's hard to find navigate a wine shop in general and let alone like which wines are made by these you know these small growers that aren't um putting anything in their wine are, you know, you know, not, you know, dry farming and growing their grapes as naturally as possible, you know, you, it's not going to be on the bottle. So it's hard to find in any wine shop. Um, so we wanted to make a wine shop where you knew walking in that, like, that that was the deal from, you know, this was the, this was the, um, the, whatever, the bar that was set. And so everything in the shop, you're going to at least meet all that criteria, all those criteria. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people at the beginning said that was crazy. Like you need to have other wine. You need to be able to appeal to other people and get other people in here and, um, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself. And we kind of took a gamble and did it. And yeah, so it is about curating, but so it's about our taste and also like these winemakers that we believe in and, um, just kind of giving someone, um, the ability to come in. We, We do have a lot of people that care about that. They're like our, you know, they don't want anything processed they don't want um a lot of added sulfites so we can tell them right from the beginning that's what you're getting in Mm. the shop 
It's interesting. I like. I know my my mom, for instance, who started liking wine like sort of later in her life. Like that's an issue for her. Is wines that have sulfites in it. Like yeah. I am by no means a wine expert, but like you know, she would. She just kind of learned over time. Well, I can't drink this varietal because it's got too much of that in it. You know, and it's, so it's interesting to like. There are aspects of like I think people will often say. Well, I when I was a waiter, right, people come in with to get a wine menu or something like, well, I don't know wine. And sort of, as a waiter, I'm like, I don't really know wine either. You know, people like what they like and they have their reasons for it. But I think a lot of times when people start to pick apart maybe um, a, a bottle that they like, they actually kind of intu- like intuitively know more about what they like in a wine than they think. Yeah, it's right? true. It's true. Have you guys found that it's been easy to make this approachable for people because of that? Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's interesting what this what the shop has become like for us we were never trying to change that wine drinker that was set in their ways and drank you know maybe they were really expensive wines um maybe they weren't necessarily natural but they're beautiful wines and they're never gonna they might never walk into our wine shop and then we have people that are buying five dollar wine from the grocery store and they're never going to walk into our wine shop but what's interesting is we've created so many new wine drinkers like young young professionals you know people our age people younger people a little bit older um, coming in who are now learning so much. We're all learning about this, these wines together. And they kind of were like, oh, I never drank wine before. And all I knew was Pinot Noir. And, you know, I mean, there's a thousand other grapes out there. And we're, you know, every every day it's like, what's the new bottle of wine that someone, you know, that they're going to drink? Or maybe, maybe not every day, but every week. Um, what's the new bottle of wine that's going to be on the shelf that's going to, like, that they can explore and kind of visit this like you were saying before, this terroir, this like kind of travel to this place and, you know, taste like the life that from that part of the world, because I definitely feel it when I drink these wines. And again, like a lot of people are like, oh, natural wine. It's it's just wine. It's just grapes. You know, like I, I we talk about it so much and it gets all like yeah. jumbled and confusing. But like it's just wine and it tastes like wine. It tastes like delicious wine if anyone's curious out there but you're listening to out to lunch i'm christian mater i'm talking to katie and denny culver wild child wines denny i mean i'll say this it seems kind of fun frankly i mean like and even like i've been to the shop and like the the bottle selection i mean i'm the sort of person that looks at a label and i'm like hey that's a cool label like there actually seems even though these might be small batch or small like a lot of it seems artful and youthful in a way i mean is this kind of like part of a i guess i'm curious like is this like a a movement that's happening out there that's just making its way into this area because it seems like there's a cohesion to it almost artistically yeah it's it's definitely a movement it's definitely a lot of younger producers who are paying attention and having paying attention to their graphic design and also like just having having fun with it and like building their brand and they want it to look exciting on the shelf um, and to represent represent who they are and what they're doing. So it is sort of like, it's a, sort of an art form for what your bottle looks like, but it's definitely, definitely like a movement that has been, I mean, the natural wine movement has been happening in France for a long time, and it's definitely something that's taking over here. I mean, now every week we see a new shop pop up somewhere in like a, in a small town. Um, it's, so it's, it's, it's definitely not a fad. It's definitely like something that's here to stay, and it's maybe like the new, the new direction of wine. Hmm. I mean, just just jumping off of that, I mean, are there when you say you see them pop up in small towns? I mean, are, I, are there others in Louisiana? I mean, are you guys the only one doing it? Obviously, the only one in Lafayette I'm aware of. Right, there are shops in New Orleans for sure. I mean, and our shop was kind of modeled after one, um, just sort of how they were set up with their their little 
bar program and retail shop because we knew we wanted to have the bar aspect to have like the education and to be able to let the idea was like I mean part of it is hard because people walk in the shop and they've never seen any of the bottles ever so it's definitely we wanted to be able to have a by the glass menu where people can come in and try things and taste things and experience it immediately that way they didn't just kind of walk in see these wines or maybe a little bit in like the 25 to 35 45 dollar price range and walk right back out because they didn't know what anything was so we wanted to to be able to have that that part of it but i think like there are so many shops like like ours that are that are really like forward with the education and letting people taste and like trying to make it exciting interesting so i mean i'm curious like just kind of thinking about it almost like you guys talked about how early on maybe people said you guys are crazy you need to add x y and z just to make sure that people are going to like whatever but i mean just kind of putting business class theory on i mean was it that you came in and you said look this is something we love so we want to open a shop like that or did you identify hey there's a market here for this thing that we love um, I mean, I don't think we did any like supermarket research, but I think this community is um, pretty open. Well, I mean, you know, pretty open to um, trying new things. You know, I think like the, you know, we, we're really committed to downtown and we've seen downtown grow so much. Um, new restaurants, you know, I mean, and um, just young people doing innovative things. I mean, at the same time, I don't think. What we're doing is by any means like innovative. It's very simple. It's a wine shop that you drink wine in, and that's all we want it to be. We don't. We're not trying to be flashy or, um, you know, a fad or anything. Um, but it is. We've been seeing more and more just, um, just smart, kind of different businesses popping up, um, and people obviously like to drink down here. Um, and you know, and I think this is a new thing. And like, what's more. It's very French francophone, and what's more French than like swigging a bottle of wine with your friends, you know? So um, that was the the whole idea, and we loved it so much. So we thought if we believed in it, um, they'll come. You know, we'll see. Or, and if we don't sell it, we'll drink all this wine off the shelves eventually, and then. Yeah, what's what's yeah. the worst thing that happens? <laughs> yeah. We have to take it, it all home, and bad, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> so but we. That, yeah, and we've lived downtown for ten years, and we wanted to open a storefront and be part of the community and be a part of what's happening downtown too. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, you guys have done that for a while with with Runaway Dish, where I feel like you know there was a an element of just like trying to build a culture around food. I mean, obviously Lafayette, Katie, has always had culture around food. It was maybe a different approach, and so it feels like sort of a natural extension of maybe some of the stuff that y'all have been involved in before. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think everything else everything else led up to the wine shop for sure. And we just took over the, the old Hub City Cycle space, so that'll be event space and where we can actually do some more dinners and things like back back to the runaway dish. So one thing that you've been doing that I'm a big fan of is the uh, is, is pizza effect, right? Like, so you've been making pizzas. And I, so I want to try and draw this, like, tenuous connection between pizza and wine, other than that, like, they actually go pretty well together, which is like, I, and for, for, forgive me, Denny, if this is just incorrect, but, like, the style that you've landed on is, like, almost like the Detroit thing. Right where you have like 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 an oil pan like pan pizza. You can, people around here would be mostly familiar with like a Pizza Hut pan pizza. And so like what's interesting to me about this is like I think we often talk about pizza in the same way. Like you could draw a similar connection where like you know there's a there's a an etymology of of pizza development based on like oh well this pizza is a Detroit style pizza versus a you know New York style slice Chicago deep dish. I mean how did you land on doing Detroit style? Um, 
that was like the pandemic, my pandemic hobby. Um, during during lockdown, we started making pizzas and like we'd have like our bubble of people over in the backyard to, to eat it. But um, there wasn't anything, you couldn't get anything like that here. And I had had played with some sourdough starter in the past and like with various levels of success. But so I was like, okay, well, let's give this one more try. And it just happened to be that now the baker's math and everything kind of starts to click and the sourdough is working and I've, I've kind of like figured it out a little bit, but it's still like an, it's like these young winemakers, like an evolution of trying to, trying to figure it out every single, every single new vintage, every new batch of pizza is different, a little bit better, a little bit. Does it, you look and see like, does it have a, does it have an audience? And that's kind of like what we're exploring with the pizza right now, but also the, the kind of like nice parallel with the the dough that I'm making is all natural fermentation, which is the same thing that we look for in all of our winemakers. So one of our criteria for coming, having a wine in the shop is that it is all um, natural fermentation and native yeast because most wineries add, um, add the yeast strain that they want to, to kick off fermentation and to kind of like develop flavors that they're looking for. Whereas like the wines that we're uh, interested in are all... all um, yeast that's already on the grapes or what's in the wine in the wine cellar it's like in the air of where it's from and so same thing with the pizza the pizza my sourdough starter started from from air and the the yeast in the air of lafayette (laughs) so so there's terroir to that pizza i was not wrong (laughs) i did not realize that but yeah pizza like getting back pizza and wine um i was never like a huge pizza fan but pizza and wine do go great together and going up to New York a lot, there's some really great spots that we'd go to that have an amazing wine. I mean, it's the simplest pizza shop, but with an amazing wine list, all natural wine. And uh, like we just fell in love. It's just such a really simple concept to just share a bottle of wine and share pizza with a few people and um, all good ingredients. And, you know, and so that's kind of what we're doing with this. Yeah. And my pizza was never meant for it was never like meant to be for sale for the general public. It happened as a pop-up because we were like, well, pizza's a far easier entry point than natural wine. So if we can get people in here and excited about a slice of pizza, then maybe we can also sell them some wine. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I got to know. I mean, like, you guys have a lot going on just business-wise. Right? We kind of work. I mean, how do you guys actually keep this all up in the air? I mean, I you know, like... I think between running a publication like this radio show, I probably could go insane. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we have lots of help. There's some good people that work with us, for sure. Yeah, we have an amazing manager at the shop, um, Yetta, who everyone who's ever been in the shop knows, and like she knows that they can find the bottle they want, any, any of our regulars. But so she helped us build our website during lockdown because the day that everything shut down, we switched to just full-time curbside pickup we turned into a tiny wine warehouse and Yetta was able to from her apartment in in New York fill in all the information on our website and every week as orders came in she would keep us updated and keep the website um, full of full of information about every wine so you can really like check out every wine in our shop online wow so how did that go I mean doing like you guys are open in 2020 right so that means you're dealing with the pandemic which is a I guess generally considered to be bad for business but I, I don't know I mean how does that work with the wine business it was interesting because we were open for two months um, and we just you know really got the ball rolling got enough like kind of you know gained a little bit of 
following and curiosity and then like March, that week of March shut, we, um, everything shut down and we closed and overnight we made a website. Luckily that was easier than it should have been, I guess. Um, and uh, got all the bottles online and went to just curbside pickup only three hours a day. Denny and I would go to the shop and pack up orders. And the cool thing was all these people from across town that wouldn't necessarily take the time to go downtown were now like, get me out of the house. I got to get out. I got to get away from my kids or whatever, you know. And um, they would make the drive and order these big orders of wine. And it was kind of awesome. Like it was um, we were we were lucky, so um, we'd have our little three hours of every day where we just like drink wine, pack wine, you know, talk to people through their car. So both yeah. of you have said that you you would not consider yourselves wine experts. Do you don't you have to be a wine expert to open a wine shop? Yeah, uh, we did it about ba- we did it backwards. We're gonna um, work on that, uh, but no, I mean it's been a a little it's been a year and a half. So I definitely think we know a lot more than when we first opened. Um, and every day we're learning, but I mean, we have no wine background, um, other no wine, serious wine backgrounds other, other than that we love wine and drink it a lot and like to travel and like to eat and drink wine with food and meet people. Um, so yeah, we're doing it backwards. The plan was to visit places last year. Um, hopefully we'll get to visit all these winemakers this year. But the cool thing is, we were talking about this the other day, is... Um, if we had done it before we went, before we opened up the shop, these winemakers would know us. But now we've gained this really cool um, relationship with all of them through Instagram. And you know, when we're posting and talking about their wines, they're commenting. They we're meeting them through Instagram. So I think when we do make those trips to visit all these winemakers, it'll be a lot easier and cooler, and we'll be able be able to tell them, you know, that all the people in Lafayette that drink their wine, I guess. So yeah, it seems like you know. If, if anything, maybe it sends a message that, like, look, this could be approachable. If you just like it, you'll like it, and you can, you know, find something you love, right? You said earlier, it's wine. It's supposed to just taste good, and that should be good enough for most people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, look, um, it sounds like you guys are really finding an audience here, and that's a wonderful thing for, for, for business selling anything, right? So, Denny and Katie, it was great having you both on the show. Thanks for joining me on After Lunch Katie Anna. Thanks, Christian. Thanks. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Denny and Katie Colbert of Wild Child Wines. This show was recorded at KRBS Cypress Lake Studio and edited fit in our time slot broadcast on KRBS Radio Acadie. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Denny and Katie and what they do by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our social media. These photos were taken by Kieran McIntosh. You can find more of his work by listening to this show. He's also our audio engineer. Out, Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting from itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Carl. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Jan Risher. Our researcher is Claire Como. I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current. Lafayette's nonprofit source for local news. And for more local news and commentary, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our newsletter. I'll see you here again next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. 
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Lafayette Comedy, bringing national comedy shows to Acadiana. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.